This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. So today I'm talking to you about fatherhood, amen? And um, really keys to being, how many people want to be a blessed father in here? And you know, you could just say keys to being a blessed person, a blessed Christian, amen? So ladies, you can take these keys too, amen? It's not just for the fathers. And, uh, but you know, but, but, but I, I want to talk to you about, about, about being a blessed father today and, uh, keys and the number, number one key is that, that, that blessed fathers are faithful. Blessed fathers are faithful. When I think about God, you know, we got to think about God. God is faithful. And when I think about the character of God, God is faithful to his word. And, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we, we, we were praying, we're, uh, anybody praying for any things in here, believing God for some things, you haven't seen them come to pass yet. I'm going to say this, that God is faithful. His promises are yes and amen. And you just have to believe, you know, through the process, but it's going to come to pass. Do you believe that today? And so let's look at uh, uh, scripture here in, in, in Numbers 23, 19. I love this scripture about God because I'm contrasting God, uh, uh, God, our father and who God is to and comparing that with how we should be as earthly fathers. Amen. And so here in Numbers 23, 19, I love this. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it and and will he not do it or has he spoken it and will he not make it good? And, you know, when I think about God, you know, um, I think about how even the children of Israel were in the Egyptian bondage for 430 years. And God remembered his promise. And amen. He raised up a deliverer, Moses, and he got them out of bondage. Amen. And some of you might be in some bondage today. Some of you might be dealing with some issues today. God is faithful to his word. All you need to do is stand on the promises of God's word. And as you keep standing, like, like I said to one person this week, you just have to have standing faith. What does that mean? That means that you keep standing until you see the blessing come into your life. Somebody say, I have standing faith. The Bible says when you've done all, when you've done all, oh man, it's up. When you've done all the crying, when you've done all the begging, no, when you've done all speaking the word, you keep standing until you see the manifestation of the promise. Amen. I love Psalms 8934. Psalms 8934 says this, my covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. I love that because see, listen, some of you might have some children that may not be following God like, like they need to. Some of them might be just going AWOL in, in, in the Christian faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? But there is a promise That you can stand on fathers. There is a promise that you can stand on mothers. And that that me and my household shall be saved. You need to start standing on that promise. Glory to God. God's word is true. I'm telling you, it didn't look like my family. You know, um, 
me, my brothers, we, we grew up religious. We went to a Methodist church. Thank God for the Methodists. Amen. But we were religious heathens. You know, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been a religious heathen? You know, when my parents went out, my parents wouldn't know. But when they went out of town, we partied. Mom and dad's out of town. And then, you know, of course, we would, we, I'd bring people over. And, uh, man, they didn't know that. I remember one time that I, I, my, my sister was watching the household. And she said, don't come back beat up or bruised up. And I went out partying. And, uh, and I ended up, uh, man, I was drunk. I, I wasn't serving God. I was hanging off a van, you know, and that guy shook me off a van, uh, off the back of a van. Me and another friend shook me off. I hit the ground. I came back bloodied, bruised. I had to go to the hospital that night. My parents were out of town. It's a miracle that I'm here today. I'm going to say this. If God can save me, if God can save me and all the dumb things I did, I should have been killed, man. I was hanging off the back of a, uh, you, know, you hear what I'm saying today? And I was bruised up. I had a, uh, uh, a sprained arm, a sprained ankle, bloody. And, and I, I knocked on a door. They, they just kind of dropped me off at the house, picked me off the road. I should have died that day. But, but because of the prayers of a faithful dad, the prayers of a faithful mother, I'm saying God's, God is not forgetting your kids, people. God is what, listen, God's, listen, don't worry. Just put them in God's hands, no matter how bad it looks. Amen. And I'll tell you, I, should, I shouldn't be up here preaching. <laughs> but God has a sense of humor. Amen. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says this, and I love this, for all the promises are, are maybe and uh, no way. No, it says for all the promises of God in him are yes and in him, amen to the glory of God uh, through us. I love this because, you know, religion will try to tell you, well, God will say no, God will say maybe, and then God will say yes. But no, my God is a yes God. In other words, his promises are always yes and amen. But why is it taking so long? Sometimes there's a process for the provision. There's a, there's a time. I don't understand why things take, but I believe that, that in that process that God is molding us so that we can have the character to have what God, you know, wants us to have. Amen. And I believe some of us, some of us might be going through a, a character process. In other words, we're, we're the clay, he's the potter. And there's a process of time before we may see that full breakthrough. But I'm telling you, the breakthrough is coming. Do you believe that today? And his promises are yes and amen. I like what it says in 2 Peter 3, 9. I believe I got my... Yeah, it's, I got it right. And it says here, uh, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some count slackness. See, some people think God's slack. No, God is a right on time God. I'm going to say that again. God is a right on time God. And I'm telling you, at the right time, glory to God. You know what, God, listen, God is, I remember when God called me to be the pastor of this church. 
And uh, this was many years ago when it was founded by Pastor Joe and Ann Warren. And they founded the church. And I came in and, you know, I graduated from Rainbow Bible uh, College. And I came in to help. And I was a youth minister. And and I did everything they wanted me to do. And I remember it, it was in 2001 that the Lord told me that I'd be the pastor. But, you know, I lacked some maturity. You know, I, I, I lacked some, you know, some, uh, some wisdom. I, I lacked some things. back into, I thought I had it all together. You know, Joseph, uh, he had to go through a process, right? He had, before, he, before he ended up becoming the prime minister of, of Egypt and becoming the, the second most powerful man on the planet, but he had to go through a process. Why? I believe so he could mature and learn to trust God when things weren't working. And we need to learn to trust God in the process. Hallelujah. And when we do that, I'm telling you, and God told me in 2001, you're going to be the pastor. And I thought, man, it's going to happen anytime. And it took another four years, 2005. But by the time 2005 came along, I said, God, I'm okay with where I'm at now. I'm totally settled. I'm cool. I can be in the background. I don't have to be a pastor. I was fine. And God, and then, then they came to me and said, do you think God's calling you to be the pastor? Yes. You know. Amen. But see, but you got to get settled that, that you're okay. Even if you don't see the promise, you're still okay with God. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? Because that promise can be an idol. And we don't want anything to be an idol. We want God to be first in our life. Amen? I may be going, yeah, that's just free for you today. Amen? So, so godly fathers are faithful. That First of all, godly fathers are faithful. And if you're going to be a faithful godly father, you have to put God first. I love that scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness and what all these things will be added to you. And so listen, if you're going to be a godly man, if you're going to be a godly woman, if you're going to be a godly father, you need to put God first in all that you do. Put him first place. Hallelujah. I, I, I liked I, I like Noah, you know, the story about Noah. Noah was a was faithful and the Bible called Noah a righteous preacher. And so, and Noah was faithful and, and God called him to build the ark, amen, for the saving of his family. And he, and he built the ark and he saved the family and the animals we know. And God basically started over with Noah, amen. And so, and so, and so he, he, he called Noah to build an ark. And that's what he's doing with us fathers. He's saying that, that you're building an ark when you put God first, put his principles first. When you, when you put him first, you're building an ark of safety for your family, a divine ark of protection, glory to God. To keep your faith. Listen, if it wasn't for the faithfulness of my mom and dad going to church, serving God, making us go to church. My dad made us go to church. Man, I graduated from high school. It doesn't matter. You're in my roof. You go to church on Sunday. Yes, sir. There was no there was no and it's buts about it. You're in my roof. You eat my food. You can at least give God one hour. Or if you're in a Pentecostal church, two hours. But uh, are you here? You, you know, you can at least give God one hour. 
You know, are you hear what I'm saying? Yes, I, I know where my bread's buttered. Are you hear what I'm saying? And I, I had no problem. I, it didn't matter if I came in at 2 o'clock in the morning on Saturday night from partying. I was in church that next morning. I never missed, the family never missed church. Glory to God. And what, what my father was doing, he was instilling character. He was saying, listen, we don't miss church no matter what. And I can't, I can't remember ever missing church. I can't remember ever dad saying, we're going to do something different. We're going to go, you know, to the, to Bush Gardens today. I, I, I can't remember that. Dad was, dad is a faithful man. Thank God. And I just thank God for the heritage that I have. And, 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 and it's awesome. And, and so we, we need to get, get a revelation that when you put God first, you're affecting your entire family line. Amen. Abraham, it was another man that was, that, that, that's called the father of our faith. You know, Abraham's called the father of our faith. Amen. And what's, what's awesome about Abraham was that Abraham uh, was, was called and he was obedient to following God. Amen. And what's awesome about Abraham was that Abraham, what I call, he was, he was a, a, a need meter. Amen. In other words, Abraham, uh, uh, would look for ways. Actually, he would look for ways to be a blessing. When the angels came, he was always looking to be a blessing to people. And, and Abraham heard that, you know, Lot and Abraham separated. Lot was his nephew. And, 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 Lot uh, ended up getting captured by some people and Abraham took his, his, his company of people and went and rescued lots. And I'm going to say this, that, that, that a godly father uh, is a need meter. What I mean by that, a godly father is looking for needs to meet. In other words, a godly father needs to be the superhero in the family. In other words, if the sink is leaking, fix it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know, like I said, you know, my dad was always fixing something in the house. You know, when you own a house, things break down. Does anybody know that? A lot of people rent because they don't want to own a house. Uh, but but a lot of a lot of things break down, amen. And so 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 uh, I never saw, saw my mom underneath the 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 counter asking me for a monkey wrench. You know, my dad was always fixing things. Now, I'm not, listen, I'm not discounting. Some of you ladies probably can fix things like the best of the men. You know, there, there are some women that are really good at fixing things. I'm not discounting the ladies out here, amen. But, 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 but we, need to, we need to be faithful, amen. Uh, let me just say this, that uh, uh, in uh, Proverbs 28, 20, talking about faithfulness, a faithful man will abound with blessings, Amen. And I love that about faithfulness is because that is really the bedrock of the blessing in a Christian's life. When we stay faithful, what is faithful? It's doing the right things over and over again, even though you may not see any, you may not see any good results at that time. Faithfulness is sticking in there and doing it over and over and over again until you see the fullness of the blessing in your life. The number two key is uh, godly fathers take action. And so the number two, in other words, we need to be 
people, if you're going to be a blessed person, you need to be a person that takes action. In other words, you need to, if you see something that needs to be done, you just need to do it. You need to act on whatever needs to be done. If a bill comes in, I, I like to go ahead and pay for it as soon as it comes in. I don't want to put, in other words, if you're going to be a blessed father, you're not going to be a procrastinator. You're not going to procrastinate and wait. Amen. You're going to be somebody that gets the job done. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? We need to be people of action. I really believe people of action are people of excellence. Amen. You know, when the, when the trash gets full, you know, normally I take it out. Except the other day. But uh, normally, my wife was asking me, and, uh, you know, this, this message is for me too. And she says, you going to take the trash? And I said, okay, okay, I'm trying to get to it. I'm trying to get to it. Finally, I, finally, about 30 minutes later, I walk in the kitchen, and she took it out. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? And I said, baby, I was going to take it out. You just took way too long. Amen. I said, man, you know, I was going to do that. I slept on the couch that night, but no, I'm kidding. But uh, are you listening to what I'm saying? We need to be people of action. We need to take action. You know, I, I, I think about, I think about Jesus and I, I, I think about that, that he was a person of action, that, that people would, would ask him and he would do it. I thought, I thought about, you know, people was always coming to, to Jesus and he was quick to do things. When the centurion in, in Matthew chapter 8, when the centurion came to Jesus and said, will you heal my servant that's sick? Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Jesus, he was an action man. He, he would step into action and he would, just, he would just do it. He would just take care of it. He was always moving. And if you're going to be a, a father that's going to be blessed, you need to be a person of action. We, we need to act on God's word. We need to be quick. When God tells us to do something, don't just, don't just hang out and wait around. And, 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 because we can, we can lose an opportunity of a blessing that God wants to bestow upon us. Amen? And so we can't be waiting and, and be, you know, the Bible says don't be slothful. You know, don't be slothful, but through faith and patience, you will inherit the promises. Don't get slack. Don't allow, you know, the enemy to get you so laid back that you're not doing anything. No, no, you need to be a person of action. You know, I praise God. I'm trying to be, and I am, and I'm trying to stay, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to keep the kingdom, being kingdom minded. And, um, you know, I've been, I've been um, meditating on the word this week and I've been watching this one minister. His name's Todd White. And this guy, you know, he's on YouTube and, and this guy has a ministry and has a school. And this guy, everywhere he goes, he's a preaching machine. He's praying for people. He's operating the gifts of the spirit. I'm thinking, I like that guy. And I'm getting inspired by this guy. And, uh, and he's keep walking in the gifts of the spirit, praying for people, blessing people left and right. And I'm, I'm just, I'm just gleaming off this guy. I'm saying, man, that's what I, 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 I need to get in that mode. And yesterday, you know, uh, that I, 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 we, we had a men's breakfast and I took some men home, praise God. And, uh, and then, and then Jeremiah's in the hospital and then I was doing ministry yesterday and went over to see him, ministered to him. But in the process, uh, you know, because listen, you gotta be a person that 
listen, I, I don't like the devil. I don't, I, I, the devil, he, he, he's nothing but a liar. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I want to do everything I can to destroy the kingdom of darkness in this world. And we need to be people that, I'm telling you, the devil attacked one of my people. I'm going to do something good for somebody. Uh, and yesterday, this lady was walking out. I started talking to her, asking her. Her dad was, uh, she was visiting her dad. And I said, and then I started talking to her about her dad. I said, well, let me pray for you. I, was, I prayed for her and for her dad. And somebody was walking by. I said, amen. I was loud, praying. Glory to God. Getting inspired by Todd White. Amen. I said, man, uh, hallelujah. And I'm walking out with her. And I said, I said, you go to church? Well, I used to. And I started talking to her about church. I said, you know, I said, do, do you know if you died today? I went for the juggler. Do you, if you died today, do you know where you'd spend eternity? And she said, I'm not too sure. I said, well, you better be sure. And I said, you know, the, you, know you can be sure today. And you know what? I pulled another one right out of the fire. Glory to God. I had her confess the, 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 the sinner's prayer. Glory to God. Man, I'm telling you, I gave the devil a right cross. Ah. Are you hearing what? He was on. The devil was on. He was sorry that he even messed with Jeremiah, one of my best people in church. See, whenever the enemy attacks you or your family, go out and minister to somebody. Go out and pray for somebody. Go, oh, you get in action. And the devil will stop, stop messing with you and your family. You start, man, I'm going out and pray for somebody. I'm going to get somebody saved. I'm going to get somebody. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Say, I'm a person of action. Amen. Godly fathers, amen, are are, are teachers. Amen. Abraham was chosen because God knew that he would teach his children the way of the Lord. And so really, Abraham was chosen because, because God, because in Genesis 18, it says, For I know I chosen and acknowledge him as my own so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his house after him to keep the way of the Lord and to do what is just and righteous so that the Lord may bring Abraham what he has promised him. Amen. And that was in Genesis 18, 19. So listen, God, the reason why we're saved is because we're supposed to raise up godly children. We're supposed to have godly seed. We're supposed to uh, procreate godliness. Amen. And so we need, to, we need to raise up our children. The Bible says in Proverbs 26, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Listen, you know, train. you got to train. you got to, fathers, you're a coach. You're a coach. You, you train. You're, you're coaching your family. Glory to God. Amen. First, you might need to coach yourself. Okay, we won't go there. But are you listening right there? You're a coach. You inspire. You encourage. You, you, if you got to, you put them in a headlock and bring them to church. Whatever you got to do. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? And so really, godly fathers are teachers. And you know, God, our heavenly father, he's a teacher. Jesus is the teacher. But the Holy Spirit is our teacher. The Holy Spirit will help us when we don't know what to do or what to say to our kids. Or we don't know how to respond. But we can pray and we can get some wisdom. And the Spirit of the Lord will, give, will teach us and show us in the ways we need to go. Don't ever say, I don't know what to do. 
You've got the greater one on the inside of you that will show you what you need to do. Don't ever say, I'm puzzled, I, I'm, I'm perplexed, I'm dumbfounded, I, I don't know how, what to do. No, you pray, you ask God for wisdom, and you operate in that wisdom that God gives you. Amen? You're, you're not alone. You're not pastoring, you're not parenting by yourself. Every father is a pastor of his home. I'm going to say that again. Every father, a home is like a church. And you're the pastor of your home. You're the leader of your home. And you're the godly influence of your home. Amen. And a lot of times the ladies are, they, they're more fired up at times than the men. But I believe that God is shifting. And I believe men are going to start standing up for what God has called them to be. To be godly men. Men of honor. Men of integrity. Men that will take down Goliath in their lives. Jesus, or uh, David, uh, King David was the only man that day that took Goliath out. The entire army, they were all shaking in their boots. But the reason why David could take Goliath out, because David had a constant fellowship. He was a worshiper. David worshiped God, and he praised God every day. And he got a revelation of who he was in God. And he, and he had a, 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 a strength that came from God. And when we start spending time, I mean, God's been revealing that to me lately. You know, I, I'm good at reading the Bible. I'm good at praying, but I left off worship. And the Lord revealed to me, you need to start worshiping me more. And because you know what? Just the word and prayer, you can get kind of hard if you don't have the spirit working with you. And I'm telling you, I started worshiping this week. And I'm telling you, it it took some time. But all of a sudden, I'm worshiping him. And I'm not feeling anything. One day, two days, three days. And the fourth day, I'm worshiping. All of a sudden, I get touched by God. And I start weeping in his presence. And I start weeping. And and, and, and I'm I'm weeping because God's touching my heart. And so the hard heart that, that that, yes, I've been reading the word. I've been pressing in. But my heart's been getting hard because I haven't been worshiping God and sensing his presence. And and I've noticed that I've gotten a little hard, gotten a little mad at the world, getting mad at things. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's easy to get there. I was, I was at a place uh, the other day, and, I, and, 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 and this uh, Christian that I know, he, he came up to my car, and, uh, and, and he saw my, car, my, 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 my license plate that says Revival on it. I, I got so hard, I was thinking, yeah, do you think there's going to ever, I was going to think, I was thinking about taking my license plate off Revival. This is a couple months back, and I'm taking the revival off. Take my stick, my. my <laughs> I was thinking about that. Where's the revival? It must start first in us. Revival must start first in us before it's going to get out there. And I was there with that young man, and he looked at me. He said, Jesus, and he just seemed like he, he, he was like crusty and hard like I was four days ago. And I said, poor Christian, you know, you just need to worship God. He said, do you think God's going to have a, you, this whole world is dark and, 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 and man, he just was negative. God doesn't want us to be negative. 
God wants us to be possible. Why? Because the greater one is in us. And we, I'm telling you, the light that's in us is greater than the darkness that is in this world. We're called to be the light of this world, the salt of this earth. And when we stay in constant communication with God the Father through worship and praise, glorifying him, he will wake us up. He will reveal to us who we are. And we will be the giant slayers that he's called us to be. We won't be running from the giants. We'll be running to our giants. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Amen. So we got to get a revelation of that. Godly fathers. Hallelujah. They, they are, uh, they are uh, honorable. Amen. They're, they are examples of honor. Glory to God. I'm telling you, wh- one of the keys of walking in the blessing is faithfulness. Another key is walking in honor. And we need to get a revelation that, that God wants us to be honorable people. Glory to God. Amen. I love this in Proverbs 20, verse 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity and his children are blessed after him. Amen. So this is the key to honor. It's not only do we want honorable in front of people. In other words, do the right things in front of people. But really the test of honor is when nobody's looking. When nobody's around. Are you going to maintain your honor and your integrity when nobody knows who you are? Are you going to continue to walk in, in honor and integrity when, 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 when nobody you don't, will probably find out? You go to Vegas, what, what, you, you hear the commercial, go to Vegas, what, uh, what you do in Vegas stays in Vegas. Have you ever heard that? Your money. But anyway, are you here? Are you hear what I'm saying? In other words, in other words, we need to act right behind the closed doors. Yes, amen. I, I'm, I'm always getting tested. I, I, I get tested in, in money. I get tested in, in different things. And if I'm going to do the right things, and I'm telling you, I have to do the right things. Why? Because integrity is so important to the kingdom of God. I love this in Proverbs. And if we're going to be men and women of integrity, I love this. It says here, honor the Lord with your possessions. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. I love that because, see, uh, see, God is saying, listen, honor me with your finances. Honor me with your money. And then he says, when you do that, I'm going to do something for you. I'm going to open, I'm, I'm going to, you know, fill your barns with plenty. In other words, God wants to fill your bank accounts. God wants you to have more than enough. God doesn't want you living in just tapping the reserve. No, he wants you living in the overflow. My cup runs over. No, I don't serve a barely get a get a barely get by God. I don't, I don't serve a just enough God. I serve a more than enough God. God wants us to walk in the overflow. And to do that, we have to qualify. What, Pastor? You mean you got to qualify to walk in? Yeah, you do. Pastor, can I just pray that God makes me a millionaire but don't give nothing out of my finances? It ain't going to happen. 
Why? Because you will reap what you sow. If you sow nothing, you'll reap nothing. In other words, as you sow faithfully into the kingdom of God, your tithes and your offerings, God will open the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you cannot even receive. It says in Malachi 3, and if you read the book of Malachi, you'll find out that the, that the ministers, that the priests were backslidden and the people were backslidden. They were all backslidden. Except for the prophet Malachi. He was a mouthpiece of God. And, and in, 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 in Malachi, it, it says in, in chapter 3, it said, will you return to the Lord? And it was talking because they were backslidden. And they said, how do we return to the Lord? And, and he said, but, and then he goes in and says, uh, then, then he asked the question, will man rob God? And so, and so one of the first things of, of, of going away from God is that we stop giving God our resources. We pull back. We don't give into the kingdom. We don't sow into the kingdom. We pull back. And when we do that, we will dry up spiritually and we'll dry up naturally. And it says here, well, man, rob God. But he says, uh, but, but he said, how do you, uh, how have we robbed? In tithes and offerings, you are cursed with a curse. And when I, when I read that, you know, what, yes, it's robbing God because a tithe does belong to God. It doesn't belong to us. But it robs God's ability to bless you. It, it, it ties God's hands in keeping him from really pouring out the blessings, keeping you from walking in the overflow life. In other words, we sometimes in our walk with God, we get self-sufficient. In other words, we rely on our own ability to get through life. It was never meant to be like that. We're not supposed to be standing on our own ability. We're supposed to be standing with God. In other words, our sufficiency can't be in ourselves. Our sufficiency can't be in our money. Our sufficiency can't be in this or that. Our sufficiency has to be in God. And the only way you demonstrate your sufficiency in God is by giving tithes and offerings. You're saying, God, money is not my God. You're my God. I don't trust in money. I trust in you. That's why I give you the first of everything I make. It reminds me that you are my source. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I'm, listen, the, the Bible says in Psalm 23, the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not lack. And when you start giving to God, and, and, and you start giving faithfully, and you're a faithful tither and giver, God, you won't lack anything. God puts his blessings on your stuff. I mean, yesterday I woke up and, and I heard I heard this one testimony of this person uh, that uh, uh, had an uh, uh, accident. I think their 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 granddaughter fell into a pool. She drowned, and they they rushed her to the hospital. And they were praying, and they just got the they just got they were tithers, and they said, oh, "We claim tithing rights." In other words, it says that God will rebuke the devourer for our sake. Tithing rights means that God will step in and rebuke the devourer for your sake. 
We claim tithing rights. Yesterday, when I woke up and my, my little daughter woke up with a fever and she had a fever and she was not, she woke up, Daddy, I don't feel good. She went to, in, 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 to the bathroom. She threw up. She was all hot. And I prayed over her and I bind Satan and I prayed and I released the anointing of God on her. And I'll tell you, within, within 10 minutes, she was peaceful. She was falling asleep. Glory to God. And by that afternoon, she was back to normal. And I said, I claim tithing rights. I'm a tither. God has rebuked the devourer for my sake. It's good that when you pray to see God move. Why? Because God, when you honor God, guess what God will do? He will honor you. I'm telling you, everybody, you know, when you honor God, people may not see what you do, you know, behind the curtains, people, but God sees what you do. And I'm talking about when you do the right things, not the wrong things. I'm talking about when we do the right things. God is not, he's faithful. He will not forget the good that we do in laboring and helping people. He sees those things. He saw it when Cornelius didn't even know him in chapter 10 of Acts. Cornelius was an Italian and he was a proselyte. He, he believed in, the, in, in God, uh, uh, the Jewish, he believed in God, but he didn't, have, he, didn't have, he didn't know about Jesus. But you know what? The Bible said when he prayed and he gave to the poor and, it, and the Bible says that God noticed his giving. That was one of the big things that his giving and his prayers came up as a memorial to unto God. And God said, I got to dispatch an angel to him. I got to get him in my kingdom. I got to get his family saved. I, this man, this man is honoring me and he doesn't even know Jesus. And when we start honoring God the way God wants us to honor him, I'm telling you, when we pray, he's going to honor our prayers. We're going to see things instantly changed. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so we need to be examples of honor. God, so, so we are, Father, God, we are examples of God's honor. Amen. We need, we need to be positive examples. Amen. We need to be positive. One thing about my dad, I never heard him be, I never heard him say anything negative. He was not a negative person. And, but I, I, I don't know. I, I, I have to fight negativity. I wish I had his temperament. He was always laid back. He was laid back. He never, he never talked negative about anything. I'm telling you, he, he would give money away. He left and right. My dad was always giving, helping people, giving money away. And he never asked for it back. And he never said anything about it. And he would just give money away. He would just bless people. Amen. My mom was telling me, uh, my, my dad would do that even in church. Somebody needed something, he would give money and all that. And, and, and my mom knows you gave him some money. Yeah. And, and my dad said, I give money away you don't even know about. Wow. I want to be like that. I want to be a person that, that's benevolent, that gives, that, that, that's a sower glory to God. And my dad was a blessed man. He's what, what you call a triple dipper. Glory to God. What does that mean? That means that he was receiving three paychecks. Glory to God. He was receiving a Navy retirement, uh, a government retirement, because he retired from the Civil Service after he retired from the Navy, and, and Social Security. He was getting three checks. He was blessed. Glory to God. But he was a tither and he was a giver and he was, I'm telling you, and God blessed him. 
I want to be like him. Amen. And so as we get that revelation, amen, I like what it says. And so we need to be a positive person. And Abraham was positive. It says in Romans 4, 20, 21, it says about Abraham, he did not waver at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what God has promised, he, will, he was able to perform. So we, we as godly fathers, we must trust God. And I'm telling you, trusting God is speaking the positive and not allowing the negative to permeate our minds or our talking. Are you hear what I'm saying today? God is doing a work. God, you can look around and say, well, is God doing anything in Sea Life Church? He's doing something in Pastor Dave. And hopefully he's doing something in you. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? I look around and I think about the faithfulness of God. And I look at these small numbers that we have. And I'm just amazed at the finances that come in. And the blessed people that we have in this church. And the givers that we have. And I'm amazed that we're still moving. We're still going on. I'm like, man, I look around. Man, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It's only God. Right now, we're in, right now, as a church, we're in a land of just enough. But I believe that we're going into the land flowing with milk and honey. The land of more than enough. And God's fine-tuning each one of us to get into that place of more than enough. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I love what it says in Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor your body, what you shall put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So Jesus was saying, don't worry. Amen. So, so fathers, I'm going to say this, put your trust in God. Don't worry. Glory to God. Don't worry about it. God is your heavenly father and he's watching over you. You are in the palm of his hand. Glory to God. The good work he began in you, he will complete to the day of Christ. He will, he will look, he will, listen, God cares about you and he's watching over you and he's going to make sure that as you walk upright before him, serving him, you are going to walk in the fullness of the blessing. Godly fathers are rulers. You're called to rule and reign in your domain. I would say again, fathers, you can say Christians, you are called to rule and reign in your domain. In other words, sin should not be overtaking you. Hallelujah. In other words, where, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. We don't, we don't allow the enemy to get us into any areas of compromise. What you compromise to keep, you will lose. And so we don't compromise. We're not compromisers. We're, 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 we, are, we are people that are, have con- controlled ourselves, Lord of God. And we, we endeavor to walk in the right things that God calls us to walk in. Amen. And so as husbands, we, we, as fathers, we need to be rulers. God's calling us to rule. Amen. And I'm going to say this. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, we as husbands, we think, well, yes, I'm supposed to tell my wife what to do and tell her to get here and that. No, it's, you, you rule in love. 
You rule in love. Look, it says here, uh, it says here in Ephesians for, uh, in 5.23, For the husband is the head of the wife, also the Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so that the wives be also subject to the husbands. But it says here in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ has also loved the church, gave himself for her. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourished it and cherished it, just as the Lord does the church. Amen. So here, he's saying here, listen, ladies, men want respect. Men desire respect. They want to be respected. Men, can I get some amens from the men? A man wants to be respected. But a woman, men, women want to be loved. They want to, they want to feel valued. They want to feel appreciated. Can I get an amen from the ladies here? They want to be wooed. They want to, like, I, my wife says, man, Lord Jesus, amen. I, I, I'm working on it. Glory to God. The women still want romance. Glory to God. And so they need to be taken out. You know, I, I'm trying to take my wife out at least once a week to, her, to a, a restaurant that she likes, treat her like a queen for at least 30 minutes, and then treat her like dirt the rest of the week. No. Did I just say that? Are you listening to what I'm saying? No. We want to treat our ladies right 24-7. They're a reflection of you, man. Your ladies are, if, if your lady's looking ugly, it's because you're not putting pretty in them. You, in other words, they become a reflection of your words. And when you start telling you're the most beautiful thing on planet Earth, you are so awesome. Women, ladies would say, well, I am, man. They would start putting that makeup on, looking good, dressing up. Why? Because men, you can, you can bring the best out of your ladies. Amen. Amen. And I'm telling you, as you do that, as you, as you court your ladies, as you love them, as you love yourself, I'm telling you, then you're the woman, it won't be hard for her to respect you, to, to, to respect what you say, and honor you in the place that you need to be honored. Can I get an amen? And it says here, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and the admonition of the Lord. Ephesians 6, 4, glory to God. And so as a ruler, uh, men, you rule in love. And we don't want to, we don't want to, you know, uh, uh, and let me bring balance to that. We don't want to, you know, get our children upset by being just um, unfair to them. But on the other side of it, we do need to uh, enforce the rules of the household. Amen. We all live by some kind of rules. Listen, society has rules. And, you know, we, you know some people say, oh, we're free. You, we're, you know, we're Americans. We're free. You're not free to do whatever you want to do as an American. I can't, listen, just the other day, I ran that, 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 anybody ever get one of those traffic light? Anybody got, I, 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 I was, I was going up, Yin was in the passenger seat, and I was flying, it was turning yellow, and my, and I was driving with my mom a couple weeks back, and she was already warning me, dad always stops at the yellow lights, and I was thinking, I'm not dad, and we'll just run through it, but, uh, and so, and so the, the light was turning yellow, and I, we were in a hurry, and I was moving, and I said, I hit, I hit the gas, you know, you're just not supposed to hit the gas when it turns yellow. I hit the gas trying to get through that, and it turned red. And Yin said, it's, a, 
it's a photo thing. And I couldn't do anything. I was like, should I slam on the brakes? And you heard that click, 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 click. And there's the $50. Anybody been there? Oh, good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. And, and you know, and I, but we had some saving grace. The car was in her name. <laughs> so, so I sent her down the river. She's going to court. She's going to jail for me. Well, I'm like Abraham. Abraham threw his wife under the bus, right? Right? No, but you know what? Yin says, I'm just going to pay it. And you know, I said, no, Yin, it's my mistake. I said, we're going to figure this out. And on the thing, it says, it says, if you weren't driving, mark this thing and put an affidavit down there. But then you have to have proof. And I was praying about, Lord, how do we do this? And then I prayed about it. And, and I called up the city. And I said, I'm a witness that she wasn't driving. I was. They said, just write up a letter. So I said, I'm a witness to the fact that my wife was not driving the car at the time of the infraction. <laughs> And I got it notarized. I put it in there too. But they never asked who was driving. <laughs> I don't need a volunteer information they're not asking for. I'm just vouching for her. So pray with Pastor David that they don't send me the ticket. Amen. Amen. What am I saying? I'm saying that as, God, as a godly man, you, if you do something wrong, you step up for it. And you, you don't allow somebody else to take the hit. And she was going to pay for it. I said, no, you're not paying for it. It's not your ticket. And if they send me the bill, I'll pay it. Hallelujah. But I don't think they're going to do it. What am I saying today? I'm saying as we take some of these principles, as we are faithful, as we are faithful to doing the right things, as we, we take action, Amen. And we, 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 we uh, take action in doing the things that are right. And as, as we, you know, as we continue to do some of these keys that I talked about today, we're going to be the blessed people that God called us to be. You believe that today? Amen. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love today. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that you're raising up Father, a generation of giant slayers. You're raising up men. You're raising up women that will walk out this life in purity and in holiness and in integrity and in honor. And Father, I thank you that you're calling this church be, to be the church without spot or wrinkle, full of love and faith, doing your works. And Father, I thank you for the precious people out here and for those that are watching online. And perhaps you know you need, there's areas in your life that you need to let go of. There's, there's, you need to start embracing God again, or maybe you've never put God into your life. Well, today is a day to make God your heavenly father. So pray this prayer after me and mean in your heart, and you can be translated out of the kingdom of darkness into God's kingdom of his dear son's love. Say this after me. If you're ready to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit in Jesus name. Amen. 
We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.